This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 11. Today on the Wife Wisdom Podcast, we are talking about expectations in marriage. Both men and women go into marriage with great expectations. What roles will each of you play? How will decisions be made? Will you stay home to raise your kids or will he? Who will pay the bills and how many times a week will you have sex? All this up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I am a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. My heart is to truly share my experiences and lessons that I have learned about life, about being a wife, and the many adventures in marriage. Each week on the show, we will have real conversations intended to help cultivate your heart as a wife by preparing you to be a wife, becoming a better wife, and staying encouraged as a wife. (laughs) If you are part of my tribe, I am so thrilled that you have found me here on this new medium. Thank you so much for your continued support. And if you are listening to us for the very first time, welcome to the family. I am so glad that you are here. Today, ladies, we are having the conversation about expectations in marriage. What? We all have them. But how do we talk about our expectations without offending our spouse? And how do we handle our expectations when they've been violated? And what do we do when our expectations always seem to be met with disappointment? So let's start with a definition of expectations. So expectations are a strong belief that something will happen in the future. It's an anticipation of something happening in the future, right? I know this very well because I am the queen of having expectations. (laughs) So let's be honest, we're all human. We all go into relationships with some level of expectation, even if it's from the way that we will be treated to the way certain things play out in our relationships. And we're going to talk about all of that in today's episode. We're going to talk about the many violations of your expectations that will happen in your marriage. Did I say many? I meant many, 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 (laughs) many violations of your expectations. So today, my goal is to share with you some simple strategies, techniques, and tools that have helped me over the last 17 years. And I believe they will help you manage your expectations in your relationships. So I'm going to jump right in with my top (laughs) expectation in marriage. And that was that my husband would lead, that he would lead in the way that I expected him to lead. And so let me tell you, ladies, this was a hard one for me. So over the last 17 years, I have learned a lot, a lot, a lot. And I've learned that 
a lot of men don't really know how to lead you. They don't know how to lead you and they are too prideful to let you know that they have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea how to lead. They have no idea sometimes how to make the decision. They don't know how to lead you and meet your expectation. They really don't. And so early on in my marriage, I expected Adrian to lead our family in devotions. I expected him to take the lead in making big decisions for our family. And of course, initiate deep discussion with me first. <laughs> not only did he not initiate the discussion, he didn't take the lead. And oftentimes he didn't even know I was expecting him to take the lead. Um, Yeah, I know. So to help you reduce your own frustration in marriage, whether you are newly married, whether you've been married as long as I have, and it's still frustrating, I just want to help reduce your frustration, shorten the learning curve, because I just think that it's important to know that if we, you know, we all going to go into to marriage or in any relationship with some level of expectation, but I think it's so important to talk about things that are important to you. It is super important to, to talk about some of these expectations and be specific. And I think ladies, this is an area where we really need to work on because most of us or many of us, I should say, really think that everybody thinks like we do. Like everyone thinks like we do, you know, they, they cover all the bases, very detail oriented that, you know, why wouldn't they think of this? Why wouldn't he want to take the initiative to lead devotions in my family and, you know, to teach our children to learn and know God? Like, why wouldn't he want to do that? Why wouldn't he want to take the initiative, right? Because this is the, the way God created marriage, he positioned our husbands to lead, right? So innately, even without even trying, we have an expectation that our husbands are going to lead us. And unfortunately, you know, even growing up in a society where there are a lot of absent fathers, our, our husbands do not have examples for how to lead. They don't know how to lead. They don't know how to ask to lead. They just, you know, they're looking at movies, maybe coaches and teachers. And, you know, depending on the level of intimacy of their relationship, that may not be transferred to them. So I think we as women have this expectation that our husbands are supposed to lead and oftentimes they don't know how to lead. I know this was a big frustration for me is because my expectations have always been on 10, always, even when I didn't even know they were you know, unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. I always had my expectations on 10, not just for me, but for everybody in my life. And it's been major learning lessons that I've had to, to learn as a result, but especially in marriage, because I had an expectation that, okay, God had positioned you in my life to lead as this man of God. So I expect it to look this way. I expect you to do this and, you know, be honest with yourself. I know you're probably laughing because you probably have thought some of the same things too. So first it's important to identify the expectation. Um, it, this was hard for me because I, I didn't know they were expectations because I thought you, he thought the same way, you know, I thought he wanted the same expectations. That is definitely not true. Our husbands have very different expectations than we have. So it's important to identify 
the expectations that you have in your marriage of your husband, of yourself, of the the union, you know, how you guys will interact, what will happen day to day, how it will play out. It's really important to identify what those expectations are and be specific. Okay. Um, I know doing devotions with my kids was really important to me, even when they were little, just to teach them about God. And I, I told Adrian and I asked him to be a part of making this happen. And I felt like I waited and waited and waited for him to take the lead, to take the initiative. And it didn't happen in the time frame that I wanted him to do something about it. And so because it was such a high priority for me, I took ownership of making it happen. So I created the experience I wanted my children to have my, I had to create the experience myself. So I shared it with Adrian. I invited him to be a part of it. And, and if he didn't take ownership of my expectation, I learned to let it go. Guys, this, I'm, I got to tell you, it took me years to get here because I was very frustrated. I was very irritated, annoyed. Um, and it, because it, there was a violation of my expectation. My expectation is like, you're the lead, then you need to lead. You're the leader and you need to lead, right? But the way he, the way he was leading looked very different than my definition of what that looked like. So that's another thing that I wanted to highlight and really just share that you identify what does leadership in your marriage look like to you? What does leadership in your marriage look like to him? Nine times out of 10, it's probably different. And so if you can identify and have a conversation around what leadership looks like to the two of you, it's going to cut down on a lot of frustration. I mean, years of frustration, because now you know what his definition of leadership is. And it may be that I'm going to work and I'm bringing home a paycheck. That may be leadership to your husband. It may mean that, you know, I take care of all the bills and you don't have to, but it's important for you to have the conversation around what does leadership look like to each one of you. So then now you have a, you have a definition from his perspective. So now you can really kind of align it with your own definition to see, oh, this is very different. So let me manage my expectations and let me share with him certain things that are important to me and that he lead our family in doing. So then he now can add an, an addition or an addendum to his own definition because you as his wife need him because you've asked him to lead your family in a certain way, okay? It's important to be really specific about this. Um, earlier, I think it's episode three, two or three. My, um, It was about the mind of a husband. My husband, Adrian, talked about men want to, they, they want to be set up for success. They like being prepared to succeed. So it's, it's very interesting. You guys will hear me reference one of my very favorite books. It's called Men Are Like Waffles, Men Are Like Spaghetti. And it was written by Bill and Pam Farrell. We went to one of their conferences in early on in our marriage. And it was it was a game changer for us. It was a game changer for me because they really explain how men think, how they process that men are like waffles, like the ego waffles. They're very compartmentalized when in their thinking. So they can go from 
One box that talks about wife. The next box talks about kids. A third box may talk about job. A fourth box may talk about music. A fifth box may talk about um, sports, right? But then there may be like the box in the, in the middle is like the free, the free space, <laughs> the free box. Usually that's sex, okay? So now if you think about an ego waffle, it's when men have conversations, they can go from box to box, but each box has to be completed. So when you're talking about wife, we're not jumping from wife to kids, to sports, to career, to music, because they are a deer in headlights. They are like, huh? What would you say? And then you see them looking through you and then you get frustrated because you're like, are you paying attention? Are you even listening to me? Where are you? <laughs> right? Because we've gone through five different boxes in a matter of 60 seconds, right? Because we can do that. And so the book is called Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti. Now spaghetti, if you think about a bowl of your favorite spaghetti, all the noodles touch, right? All of them are intertwined. And that is how women think and process even just conversation. So we literally can say, hey, babe, how was your day? Oh, great. Well, guess what? This morning when I woke up, I went to work out. And then the guy at the gym, he was um, talking about, you know, wanting to do this new personal training move and he showed it to me. Oh, but then I forgot. I've got to go to Old Navy and get and get Blaze some pants. But then, oh man, oh my gosh, there's an amazing cook, cu- cupcake shop down the street. We've got to go there. But then I thought, oh man, I, I forgot, you know, I needed to send something to you later to they are done. They have totally, we've bounced them back and forth from box to box to box to box. And they're like a deer in headlights. So we get frustrated because they don't say anything because they don't know what to say because their brain is like jumbled. (laughs) Their brain is like, huh? Wait a minute. What are you talking about? That is why, you know, the TV shows like The View, where we've got six women talking about the same thing and different topics all at the same time. Men are not, that's not their demographics. Men are not trying to watch the view because they're totally overwhelmed and on overload. And one of the other things they talk about in the book is that um, men use, I think the average person uses like 10,000 words a day or something like that. And men use, If they go to work eight hours a day, they may use 9,000 words. And then when they get home, they only have a thousand left. And so, and women, I think have three times that much or something like that. And so we want to use all of our words, but they're like, I've used all, I've used 9,000 and I only have a thousand left for you. So you've already used that in the first conversation when you greeted me at the door, like, do we really need to talk that much more? It's hilarious. So it was totally life-changing. It completely changed my marriage. So please pick up a book, read it. It's great. Um, It really does help you understand um, the mind of a man and your man. And so understanding threshold when you're talking to them about different things, it's great. So this is important to identify that leadership looks very different to everyone. And what that looks like to you is important because of the man that you married. So it's important for him to know what leadership looks like to you as well. So this is something that I would suggest or recommend that you talk about before 
before you get married. I think a lot of times we avoid talking about some of the real nitty gritty things before we get married, because one, we don't think about it. Two, it's not really necessarily important. But three, I think it's important to know the at the core of who you are marrying, what things are, what things matter, what things are important. And so, you know, finding out what kind of leader they are is really, really important, um, especially when getting married. So um, it's important to that I, re- I realized when there was a violation of my expectation that my husband was not taking the initiative. He wasn't taking the lead to lead our family and devotions every day or once a week even. You know, I realized that what is important to me may not be important to him. And this was big, especially when managing your expectations in marriage or any relationship for that matter, that what's important to you may not be important to them. So it's important though to communicate things that are important to you, but if they're important to you, that you take ownership, 100% ownership and 100% responsibility for either carrying them out, executing them, getting it done, whatever it is, if it's something that requires action, that it's that and it's important to you, then it's important to get it done. It doesn't mean that your your husband doesn't feel like it doesn't care about it being important to you. It's just not important enough to him to put action behind it. Who, if I could help you to learn this now and not wait till year 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 years with your husband, It will make a huge difference, ladies, huge, huge, huge. So leading looks very different to you and him. Um, And again, have the conversation around what leadership looks like. Um, And then, you know, one of the things that I've learned, I've coached numerous couples over the past 15 years. And one of the things, one of the qualities of a leader is decision-making. Now, there are, many men who have a hard time making decisions. And so if your man isn't good at making decisions, you may find yourself frustrated in this area. He's probably not making decisions the way you want him to make decisions because he may not care about making the decision about the things that you care about. So once you take full ownership and responsibility for those things that are important to you, then you're not going to need him to make a decision because you already have. You may just share with him what you want to do or what your plan is and how he can be a part of it and how he can engage. And then unfortunately, it took probably four years, maybe four or five years into my marriage, where I realized that he wasn't going to take ownership over what was important to me, what was what I wanted, that um, I needed to take ownership over what was important to me. I did, And so taking that expectation off of him relieved a lot of frustration, a lot of the violation of my expectation. Plus, it put the ownership back on me. And it's very easy to pass that off, right? It's very easy to pass off ownership and, um, and responsibility because we don't like it. Who likes to have, you know, to be responsible <laughs> if they don't have to? Um, okay, so also be very clear. Be very, very clear about what areas you want him to lead in and be even more specific about what that looks like. So one of the things um, that I think is really important too, like if you need your husband to take the lead on managing your bills because he thinks, you know, you're a stay-at-home mom and he 
it would might be easier for you to manage the bills, but you are, t- that is just not one of your strengths, right? That's just not your lane. And you try to do it because you're new, a new wife and you're wanting to, um, everything to be great and wonderful, right? But this is not your strength. Tell him, right? <laughs> Tell him that managing your bills, setting up auto pay, paying the bills is not one of your strengths. And, you know, if you can take on something else, something different that may fit into your strengths a little bit better, but don't just, or maybe it's something that he can teach you. He can spend time teaching you how to manage the bills and set up auto pay and, and pay the bills so that you can, you can manage that part of your family. And so, because once the expectation is clear and the action steps are necessary, the goal are, are they're identified, the action steps are identified, then the goals can be met, right? Um, It's really important to be specific with these things. And just trust me that the more specific you are with what you need from your husband, what you desire from your husband, what you expect from your husband, the the easier it is for him to meet the expectation. It's easier for him to understand what the goals are. It's easier for him to actually take the action steps to meeting the goal because you've laid it out for them. You've laid it out. And again, what I was saying, what my husband was saying before in an earlier episode about they want success. They want to they want to succeed. They want to make you happy. Like the ultimate goal is peace for most husbands. 99.9% of the husbands that I have coached, which have been over a hundred, it has been, they want peace. They want peace all the time. Tell me what I need to do every day to reach peace. Now, the hard part about that is most women, we are like moving targets. So today, this is what you need to do to to meet peace. But tomorrow, it may be something totally different. And we didn't tell them. So now they're like, oh my gosh, now they're frustrated. So now they just don't do anything. And then it makes us frustrated. And then it's just a mess, right? So um, the other thing is, I just, I realized that lots of times, it's not even about leading, It's about having a conversation around topics, concerns, ideas, and really heart issues that are value, that are super valuable to you at the core. And we want our husbands to value what we value, right? Well, sometimes they just don't. And it's not that they don't think what we care about isn't important or valuable. It's just they don't care about the same things we do the same way or the same level. And so it's just um, important to recognize that that even though expectations are there and they're very, very real, it is, it's, it's really, you're able to talk about them, express them, um, and even execute them if you are willing to have the conversation, stay in the conversation, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's, you know, weird, even if there's some offense or shutdown, you know, stay in the conversation, be willing to stay in the conversation and you will be able to get through the anything if you're willing to stay in the conversation and stay committed to being listening, staying committed to hearing one another in and through the conversation. Okay, my second really big expectation, this may sound silly, but I really expected marriage to be an A (laughs) or an A plus. 
as long as I kept them, we kept the lines of communication open. We managed our finances well. We had regular intimacy. Everything would be great as long as we really talked through it, right? Because they say that in marriage, well, really divorce is caused by poor communication, you know, finance, finances and sex, right? Those are the three top reasons why people end up in divorce. So I figured, well, if we can handle those things, we'll be good, right? Well, clearly I did not leave any margin for life to happen. (laughs) Um, One of the other major things I realized was that marriage is so different from dating and courting your now husband. It's so different. It looks and feels different. It it's completely different. So I felt like when we were dating and courting, Adrian would he literally swept me off my feet. He would give me the he was giving me the world. He was treating me like those girls in the movies. And I was like, yes, this is gonna be awesome. And so I felt like he was giving me 10 crackers, right? I got 10 crackers a day from this brother. He was going all in. And then we got married. You know, I still was getting 10 crackers initially in the beginning. And then the crackers started dwindling. And then it started to be like five crackers a day and four crackers. And I was like, wait a minute. What is this? What is this going on? And I had to really address it with him. I had to say, listen, these are the things that you did before we got married. And you're not doing those anymore. What is going on? And one of the things that I have learned from my husband that I absolutely love is he tells me the truth about <laughs> about the way he feels and the way things kind of work between men and women. So I've learned a ton from him. But you know what he said? He said, well, that was a lot of work. Huh? I was like, he gave 10, t- gave me 10 crackers before the ring, before I do, when he was pursuing me, you were giving me 10 crackers. Now that you got me, you want to give me three? This, that's not going to work. And he just said, he said, Chris, it was a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And you better step up the work. And he was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. And so it's, I could, I know you don't even have to tell me. I already know that your husbands are kind of in the same boat. So if they, you know, put in all this work and all this effort to get you now before you got married and then now it's less work, it's probably because it's a lot of work. (laughs) It's a lot of work to maintain, right? They were able to maintain it because they didn't see us every day. Now that they see us every day, 10 crackers every day is a lot. Well, ladies, do not let them off the hook. You still deserve 10 crackers. So it may just look differently, now that you are married, but they still need to put in the same amount of work in pursuing you and making you a priority and um, truly loving and adoring you. So that is one of the expectations that I had going into marriage that he would still sweep me off my feet. He would still, you know, go above and beyond to make me a priority. And when that started slacking, I had to really kind of have a conversation around this and bring it to his attention <laughs> that um it's been probably like six months since I've gotten flowers. Oh, 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 I got flowers every week for the next probably three or four months, <laughs> but I had to bring it to his attention, right? So it's important for you to 
also, you know, while we have those expectations, a lot of times it's for a reason. It's to hold a standard. There's God holds us to a standard. We need to hold ourselves to a standard. We need to hold our husbands to a certain standard and our children, right? So if the, if the treatment starts to wane because they're feeling a little lazy, do not, um, don't hesitate by telling them certain things that you may need. I needed flowers. I wanted some flowers. And so he brought it, brought me flowers and I'm still having to nudge him every once in a while to be like, Oh, um, I could really, could you bring me some flowers? Um, cause it's been, I don't want flowers just on mother's day or my birthday. Can you bring them to me just because, and I've told him and he, and he will. And he's like, you're right. I got to get better with that. And I know this is an area that a lot of men may need help with. So a lot of the men that I have, I really have um, worked with and, and coached. um, I, I asked them or really tell them to set their own alarm, set an alarm, put it, you know, several times throughout the month, throughout the year, throughout the quarter to remind yourself bring your wife some flowers, especially if she loves them, you know, send her a text, send her a greeting card just because you love her, you know, and they need to be reminded of these things sometimes. So that is one of my uh, other top expectations. Okay, now this is a big one. Expectations around sex and intimacy. Ladies, Please, 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 please have this conversation before you get married. If you're already married and you're already in the thick of marriage and, you know, arguments and frustration and discouragement around this area, you are not alone. So when my husband and I, before we got married, we went through premarital classes, coaching, counseling, the whole nine. And we had the conversation about, well, how many times does he expect us to have sex weekly? How many times do I expect to have sex weekly? So yes, my husband said 14 times a week. What? I was like, yeah, right. And then I was like, oh, maybe two, three times a week. But do you know he was serious? Do you know he was serious? My husband was serious. What? So th- it was a major violation of my expectation uh, only because one, he was serious Two, we had three babies in three years. Um, this is probably why, <laughs> because this was his expectation. But now that I'm having babies, like that thing's going to have to slow up a little bit. Like, so, but there, one of the things that I have realized as a coach to couples is that before marriage, there's no problem. I mean, it's, pro- it's, it's, you know, people who are couples who are really wanting to honor God and abstain before marriage, they are having, you know, to really work and be very diligent and in, in abstaining. But then once they get married and then now it can be a free for all. And, you know, then now they're like not even being intimate and not even having sex. So clearly I need to share that there is an expectation when you get married to cover your spouse with through sex and intimacy, that you make sure that you are having regular sex, regular times of intimacy, regular times. And I mean, not once a month, not once a quarter, we're talking regular intimacy. This is a 
a, literally a strategy, a practice, a principle that will keep your marriage, the foundation of your marriage strong. God created sex for marriage. He did. So you've got to have sex in order to experience the oneness and the, the foundation and the glue that is necessary to weather the storms in marriage. If you are not having sex, then a lot of frustration and um, uncovering takes place. And it just leads to a lot of things that you do not want to deal with or don't have to deal with if you can regularly have intimacy with your spouse. And, you know, it's, there were times, okay, y'all, I'm gonna be very real. We're talking about real conversations, like three babies in three years. I was tired, tired for a long time. And I nursed all three of them. So I, there were times I had to, to, to take a nap before there were times I needed to do a workout, do some push-ups, jumping jacks to be ready and available for my spouse. And yes, it's hilarious and it's funny, but it's very real. This is a great expectation in marriage that must be taken very seriously by both parties, by men and women, by the husband and the wife, okay? Okay, we're talking about my just top great expectations in marriage and this is a big one too. I'm just doing my top five expectations in marriage. Um, my husband initiating. Okay. I had three babies in three years. I needed some help and I did not want to have to ask. I did not want to have to tell him what I needed help with. I wanted him to be observant enough to know that I need you to wash clothes or fold them or pick up the toys or wash the dishes or ask me to go to the grocery store if I needed anything or there was not the initiation or the, you know, even the, the ownership or the, yeah, the really taking the initiative to offer help. That was not there in the way I expected. Major violation of my expectation. So here we go again, ladies, ask for what you need. Do not sit there and stew in offense, frustration, anger, because he didn't offer. It's a waste of time. <laughs> I did that with, with my first child. It's a waste of time. Ask for what you need. They're, they think very differently than we do. So they're not going to see the same need that we see. Men are very different than we are. So tell them what you need and they will fill it. So if you need them to go to the store for you, if you need them to ask you every single time they leave the office to come home because you're home with a new baby to ask you what you need, if you need them to call you throughout the day, if you need them to text you throughout the day, if you need them to, you know, whatever it is that you need, open your mouth and ask Ask for what you need. Do not wait for them to offer. Do not wait for them to initiate. Do not wait for them to, to, you know, have this huge epiphany and do it because many of them don't. Some will. Those are amazing, wonderful, great qualities for men to have, but most don't. So don't, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait till baby number two or three. 
<laughs> to finally, be, be, you know, ask for what you need. And I even would ask for days off. I had, again, there were there was one time where I had three in diapers. Sky was in pull-ups. She was pulling me, giving me her pull-ups because her brother Blaze and Hayes were like, kind of pushed her out the way. And she's like, wow, I want some attention. She was bringing me the pull-ups and the little pad that you lay on. What? So, yes. Yeah, so, but th- sometimes I just might have just needed him to watch them or bring home dinner or, you know, I, it frustrated me to no end because I had to tell him and I had to, you know, you don't see that I'm drowning here. You don't see that I have three babies and like, why don't you see this? So it caused a level of frustration in my marriage unnecessarily because I was expecting him to think like me. I was expecting him to read my mind and it became so much easier when I told him what I needed. I just told him what I needed. I need you to watch the kids on Saturday from 8 a.m. until 3 p.m. because I need a break. I'm going out with my girlfriends. I'm going to the spa. I'm going to get my nails done, whatever it is. But I need you to watch them. Whoever you get to help you watch them during this time is not a problem. So I just need, you know, so I literally would ask him for what I needed. It changed my world. It changed my life. It changed my marriage because I was no longer just stewing in my expectations. I was literally communicating them. I was being very vocal with them and to the point where he understood what his role was or what I needed from him in order to meet the goal or meet my own expectations. So that was a big one. And number five, my last great expectation was that, you know, I, again, like I said earlier, I thought marriage was going to be great. Marriage is not always great, ladies. Marriage is not great. And, you know, as funny as it sounds, I really did think it was great. And I worked with a lady who was a psychiatrist and she had done a lot of research on marriages. And did you know that it's 80, over 80% of wives expect their marriages to be A's. They expect them to be A's, A pluses. And those, the men that they've married expect their marriages to be C's. Okay, huge discrepancy, right, between an A and a C. So we as wives expect our marriages to be A's. And when they're like A minus, B plus, B's, B minus, we're like <gasps> starting to panic, right? But our husbands are like their expectations that that they were going to be a C. So the fact that we're frustrated about these, you know, certain things that are going on in our marriage and our husbands are like, what's the big deal? <laughs> they only expected it to be a C anyway, right? So it makes sense. So it's really important to recognize and I think to help you manage your own expectation is that there are seasons in your marriage that will not be great. The The key and the strategy and the technique and the tools that you need to remember during times in your marriage when they are not great is that stay in communication Stay humble, stay vulnerable, stay open, never quit. 
stay in the conversation, right? Never give up because even when you stood in front of your husband, when you were saying your vows, you said that you vowed to to be his wife through thick, through thin, through better and for worse. So we kind of knew ahead of time that there was going to be worse. We never expected it to look like what it looks like now, right? To whatever you're going through, whatever, you know, storm you are facing and you guys are weathering together. We never expected it to look like that. However, storms don't last forever, right? Even the disastrous hurricanes that we've had, Hurricane Katrina, it didn't last forever. There was a lot of cleanup time. There was a lot of, you know, restoration that needed to take place. But you did get to a place where things were restored. The same thing will happen in your marriage. Do not get discouraged. Stay focused. If you are in a storm right now, it's important that you do not go through it alone. If there is a couple that you trust that can walk with you through the storm, it will help bear the burden. I promise you, there it's you cannot do it alone. You need the you need Jesus to be in the center of your marriage and you need couples that you can trust who who are committed to seeing you guys win, seeing you guys live happily ever after in your life. You need to become, really cultivate a, a friendship, a, a, a relationship with them so that they can be with you and you with them during the storms in your marriage because they're coming. I'm telling you, they, you, you know, I've never seen or heard of a marriage that is without storms. It just doesn't exist. So it's really important to know that it's, it's okay to develop and cultivate a relationship with other couples that will help you through those storms. It's imperative, actually. And so knowing that when marriage seasons aren't so great, that you're not in them by yourselves, that you are with people that love you, that care about you, that have, you know, happily ever after as your best interest. They are going to help you through the storms. They're going to lock arms with you. They're going to get on the battlefield with you. They're going to pray with you. They're going to support you, whatever it takes. It's it's critical to, to not go it alone. Okay. And so These are some of my top at great expectations that I had, that I faced, that I've overcome, that I've really, really learned from in my 17 years of being with my awesome husband. And I just really, really want you to glean from the lessons that I've learned. I really hope that it's really opened your eyes, that you laughed through this episode with me, that you can relate, that you can see your husband doing a lot of the same things that I shared and just know that we are wired differently. We're wired differently. We're wired differently. I remember when I was younger and I was dating and I, I do vividly remember thinking very differently and hoping that he, I did not have to 
share or express what I was feeling that he would just know kind of intuitively hilarious, right? Then that must be a female thing. I don't know. But, um, but it's really, really important for you to learn and master the skill of communicating what you desire, what you need, what your expectations are, what you want with your husband and not expecting, not assuming, not waiting for him to know what they are to, you know, without you t- without you telling them to be able to hit the target without you even letting him know or revealing what the target is. It's not fair to them because they think so differently. So guys, that's it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. I so appreciate you listening and sharing this with others. I would love, love, love to hear from you and how this podcast has encouraged you in your own relationship or marriage. So please shoot me an email to hello at mrschristyjones.com or go to my website at mrschristyjones.com. I also would love for you to follow us on Instagram at Wife Wisdom Podcast. You can place comments in the posts and I would just love to interact with you there as well. Remember, we upload new podcasts every Monday by 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're getting ready to launch some really cool programs for you ladies who are married as well. So please go ahead and go to bit.ly forward slash join wife wisdom to get on the list to be notified of upcoming programs and events. And if you are are a iPhone user and listen to our podcast, would you mind rating and reviewing us on iTunes? You can also subscribe to the wife wisdom podcast via iTunes or Spotify while you're there. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I hope you were encouraged and inspired and supported as you cultivate your heart as a wife. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.